Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. such a good, good father. You are such a faithful father. My God, you are so good to us. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. Can you put that in the comments this morning? When you're sharing the video, will you put it at the top of it and say, God is so good to us. Come on. God is so good to us. Just put it at the top. God is so good to us. Lord, because he is so good to me. Oh my God. God is so good to me. Come on, y'all. God is so good to me. God is so good to us. Lord, I thank you for being so good to us. Lord, I thank you for being so faithful to us. Lord, God, I thank you. Even like in our unique individuality. Hey, baby. There's certain people that can just make me cry. I'm not going to even call her out. I'm just going to say, hey, baby. Mm. Everything will be all right. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. God is so good to us. God is so, God is so faithful and so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. God is so good to us. God is so, so good to us. God is so good to us. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. He is not a not. He is not. He is faithful. Don't don't let the devil tell you nothing else. Don't let him lie to you. Don't let him um don't let him make you think your mistakes outweigh. The circumstance, the situation, don't let him make you think your mistakes outweigh the faithfulness of God. That is not the type of God we serve. He is so good to us. He is so faithful to us. My God, he loves us so intentionally, even in all our uniqueness. I love the diversity of God. Ooh, 
my God, can I just minister to you this morning so that you don't ever try to become like anybody else? I love the diversity of God. Now, I'm not talking about your hardness. My God, can I be real? I just got to help you with some stuff because we'll take possession and ownership of an identity that doesn't belong to us. We will take possession and ownership of things that came from us being hardened, um, things that have happened to us culturally. We will take possession and ownership of things that have occurred along the way that have tweaked our personality outside of God, of who God created us to be. But the core essence of who you are and the uniqueness of who you are and how God called you in your mother's womb is very real. Can I just speak to you this morning? It's very real. It's very, very real. The diversity in skin colors, the diversity in how we're made and height. And and for me, it explains the the height, the the width, the, the breadth, and the depth of God's love. Come on now. Of God's love for his people. So, so God is so unique to us. He is so unique to us. Even the diversity of each and of, of how each and every one of us are. He will meet us right in our diversity. He will meet us right there in our uniqueness. And then we don't have to transform into anything else but the image of Christ. Ooh, I feel this one this morning. We don't have to trans we don't have to transform into anything else but the image of Christ. This world didn't make you. Your parents, even for those of you that have been adopted um, or just had really hard parents, your parents, they might have added to the volume of who you are, but your parents didn't make you. It's some stuff we take ownership of. It's some stuff that we give credit for, for God. My God, yeah, those things may have added to your value, but God doesn't need to add anything else to you. Oh, my God. I hope you feel and see and speak this one over you. God doesn't need to add anything else to you. Can you speak that over yourself? God doesn't need, he doesn't, he doesn't need to add anything else to you for you to be significant, for you to be worthy, for you to walk in the fullness. God ain't got to add, he ain't got to add nothing else with nothing there's nothing he has to add. This, he's not. He's a perfect creator. Galatians 1, I mean, Genesis 1 tells me when he was creating and speaking the world, oh my God, he created everything in such a fashion. Come on now. We got to understand the volume of God. He doesn't have to add anything else to you for you just to be you. Oh my God. He doesn't need to add anything else to you for you to be you. He doesn't, we don't, you ain't got to change your hair color. You ain't got to change your eye color. You ain't got to change your speech. He doesn't have to add anything else to you for you to be you, for you to be you, for you to be the you that God created you to be. My God, Father God, show me the me that you created me to be. When I started Praying that. When I started praying Ephesians 1, and I'm going to get into the word. When I start, oh, I feel the volume of this today. My God, Father God, forgive me for trying to be anybody else ever. Forgive me for trying to mock or mimic anybody else ever. Thank you, Father God, for the uniqueness of my personality. Thank you, Father God, for the uniqueness of how you created me. And Father God, I give you permission this morning to evolve me. Ooh, come on now. Put that in the comments. Put that in the comments. I give you permission to evolve me. Because I don't want to stay stuck in who I think I am, Almisha. I don't want to stay stuck, Shonda, in who I think I am. My God, we will be outdated. Lord, help me. <laughs> it's all going to work together for your good, but we will be outdated. Like, like spoiled, like outdated milk unuseful because we won't allow him to evolve us and then we'll be trying to figure out why stuff isn't working for us but it's because we're fashioned to become in God's image God made us and created us in his image oh my God God made us and created us in his 
image. Come on now. That's how he made. We were made in the image of God. My God. My God. Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. Come on, y'all. He created them, male and female. He created them. That's how God created us. God created us in his image. You are made in the image of God. You got to let that burn on the inside of you. You got to let, you got to begin to see that differently. Because if you don't understand that you were made in the image of God, you'll stop evolving into Jesus Christ. Ooh! You're not supposed to be made over into anything else but to the image of Christ. Oh my God. You're not supposed to be you're not supposed to be made over into anything else but the image you're of Christ. I'm preaching to myself to this morning. You're not supposed to be made over to anything else but the image of Christ. So you gotta give God permission to evolve you. Can, can I just share with you? I'm just going, I'm gonna give you scripture. Genesis 1 and 27. I'm gonna give you all kinds of scripture this morning to justify what the Holy Spirit is saying to you so that you can come up and come out. Oh my God, so that you can come up and come out. There is a higher standard that is required of you in this next season of your life. I'm like, you know, I want to be useful to God. I want to be marked by his glory. Well, he already told us the other day to be marked by his glory is to bear more fruit. Oh my God. To be marked by his glory is to bear more fruit. And if I'm, if I'm going to be marked by his glory and I'm going to bear more fruit, first thing I got to be able to identify is that I am made in the image of God and nothing else. Oh, come on now. Come on now. The first thing that I got to anybody, come on, Holy Spirit, walk this thing on out this morning. Don't let this be none of Lakeisha. Let this, the very first thing that I have to begin to identify, Julia, is that I am made in the image of God and nothing else. So I have to begin to tear down every stronghold, every wall in my head, everything that's in my mind that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Oh, Jesus. I've got to begin to tear down. I've got to begin to let the Holy Spirit do a greater work in me to show me the things that are in me that are not like God, not in his image, that occurred because of brokenness, that occurred because I was abandoned, that occurred because I was abused, that occurred in every bad relationship, that occurred if my mama didn't love me and my dad, daddy rejected me. Oh my God, and I really didn't have friends growing up. I have to begin to let the Lord show me everything that is exalted in my mind that goes against the knowledge of God. Oh, come on now. I got to know everything. I got to begin to see everything. See, because whatever was exalted in my mind that goes against the knowledge of God leads to idols. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on, Holy Spirit. Whatever is resurrected in my mind that goes against the knowledge of God is probably going to lead to an addiction. Come on now. Whatever is in my mind, come on, y'all, that goes against the knowledge of God is probably going to lead me into a place and position where I do not look like God. It's probably going to lead me into a place and a position where I am always trying to make myself up. It's probably going to lead me into a place and position where I feel like I'm inadequate. It's always probably going to lead me into a place and a position where I'm operating outside God's very best. So I have got to begin to identify. And the only way that I'm going to be able to identify that is that I really allow the Holy Spirit to move. Oh my God. That I really allow the Holy Spirit to move. That I really allow the Holy Spirit to teach me. That I really allow the Holy Spirit to construct me. That I really, I, I, because the divisiveness of enemy, come on, the enemy, come on now, the divisiveness of the enemy is going to keep me in a position and place where I only evolve so far in myself. See, the enemy will play mind games and give you just a little bit of leverage. He'll give you just a little bit of a promotion. He'll put you into just a little bit of a beneficial situation. And it won't even be the fullness of who and what God called you to be. So, one, I got to recognize that I made in my dad's image. Oh, my God. Lord, let us from this day forward stand in the reality and the truth that we are made in your image and nothing else. Like, I got to see myself in the image of God. Like, I got to see myself in the image of God. And then, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me what's of me that's not like God. What's 
the what's of me? What's what's the anxious me? What's the oh? What's the fearful me? What's the worried me? What's the timid me? I got to have you show me. I can, as a matter of fact, I don't want to even hold on to anything. Come on, y'all. I don't even want to hold on to anything that's not like you. Let me get all my pride, all the things that I have benchmarked and I have listed and I've said is important and I have scribed out to be me. No, Lord, I need you to show me me, right? So first thing is you were scribed, you were written in the image of God. Oh my God. Speak that over yourself one more time this morning. My God, you were made in the image of God. I was made in the image of God. Oh my God. That means God made a good thing. If you were made in the image of God, God made us. God made a good thing. Come on, y'all. Say God made a good thing. You got to begin to speak that over yourself. God made a good thing when he made me in his image. God made a good thing when he made me in his image. God made a good thing when he created me. God made a good thing when he blew breath into my mother's body. I am made in the image of God. Lord, we thank you for making us in your image. Oh, my God. When we are made in God's image, we are to be a visible representation of God on this earth. Come on, y'all. You got to see this. You got to feel this. You got you to gotta understand. This is what's been missing from the dichotomy of who you're supposed to be. You don't have true revelation of his image. You don't even know what it means, really, to be made in the image of God. We live in a fallen world, right? As soon as Adam and Eve bit the fruit, it changed. Remember, can I give you evidence? Of how when they bit the fruit, it changed everything. When they bit the fruit, <laughs> before they bit the fruit, come on now. Before they bit the fruit, they was in the garden naked and free. They were not ashamed. Come on, y'all. They were in the garden naked and free. They were creating. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And when they bit the fruit, right? It changed. Come on, y'all. It changed. It changed the direction that they would go in. So then they begin to cover themselves. Come on, Holy Spirit. I hear you speaking this morning. So then they begin to cover themselves. Oh, my God. So then they begin to cover themselves. Come on now. So then they begin to cover themselves. My God. They begin to clothe themselves in things that was not meant for the original design of who they were. They were pure before the Lord. They were, they were righteous before the Lord. They were right standing before the Lord. They were productive before the Lord. Come on, they were in position before the Lord. They were. That's where they were. That's how we were designed to be. And then as soon as, come on now, as soon as they bit the fruit, it became Fallen, come on now, right? They became fallen, right? So we believe we 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 believe that um, the image of God is something that that we have to do. Woo! That's what the fall taught us. I'm gone. I'm gonna go home. We believe that the image of God is something that we have to do. But can I tell you something? The image of God is who what is. Oh my God. We believe that the image of God is something that we have to do. That's what we've been trying. We've been trying to do God. Oh, my God. We've been trying to do God. We've just been trying to do. We've been trying to do God. We think the image of God is something we have to do. And that's not what the image of God is. The image of God is what we are. Oh, Jesus. We've been trying to do God. We've been trying to. We think the image of God is something to do. No, you were born in his image. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that reset anything. You ain't got to do nothing. You just got to be in the image of God. My God, you've been trying to do, you've been trying to do the image of God. And it's like, no, this is how God created you. My God. Lord God, forgive us for operating in a less than version of ourselves. He said, it's not something we, we have to do, right? It's something that we are. <laughs> We were created to be a graphic image. We were created to be like God on the earth. We were created to be a formal, visible, understandable representation of who God is and what he's really like. It's not possessed. It's 
not possessed in doing. Lord, you're breaking up strongholds this morning. It's not possessed in doing. It's not possessed in doing. Yes, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Right? Really diligently seeking him. Oh, my God. He is a rewarder. That, that scripture has been on my heart. He is a rewarder of the diligently who seek him. But can I tell you why? Because when I am seeking him, I am after the presence of God. When I get after the presence of God, the more and more closer I get in the presence of God, the more and more I'm transformed by his glory. Oh, Jesus. My God, I ain't been in his presence enough. If I still got doubt, I ain't been in his presence enough. If I still got fear, I ain't been in his presence enough. If I still got worry, baby, I ain't been in his presence enough. So when I am, I'm, I'm diligently seeking him. That's Hebrews 11 and 6. I'm diligently seeking him. Like because I diligently seek him, the more that I'm in the presence of God. Come on, y'all. We got to see this as God said, Holy Spirit, tear this thing up. Tear down the idols of ourselves that have been resurrected in our minds. I don't even want to be, well, you know, this is just how I am and I'm made this way. God, maybe tear down every idol in my mind that I have resurrected about me. So he's a rewarder of those that diligently seeks him. As I diligently seek him, as I focus, as I ask him to show me more of his glory, as I ask him to be in his presence, as I diligently seek him, then I'm going to be transformed from grace to grace and glory to glory. Because I cannot be in the presence of God and come out the same. I cannot have really truly been in the presence of God and remain the same. You cannot. See, we, we do God. When we do God, can, can I just be real? We don't enter into his presence. We, would, we don't enter his presence. That's why sometimes when we are in certain situations and the worship cannot just flow, right? We, we worship God. Worship is the only part of service that's really for the Father. The word ain't for the Father. He wrote the word. Worship is the only part of service that is for the Father. Your obedience, Colossians 3 and 23, this is why... This is why you don't do anything unto men, right? Because obedience is the highest form of worship. Ooh. And when I really worship God with my talents, with my gifts, with whatever it is he's requiring me to do, that's unto God. And everything that I do unto God is going to produce a different type of fruit, right? So worship, my time in worship, my time in praying, pray, my time in praise, my God, Praying is bringing his will to the earth. The worship, and I mean worshiping him, spending time in his presence, worshiping who he is and not where he is. Anytime I'm in the presence of God, I'm going to be transformed into the image of God. Because right when, they, let's go back to the garden. Let's go, I'm going to help you out this morning so you understand this. When they got, when they were in the garden, then they were no longer in the direct presence. Lord God, don't let anything come in between me and you. That when they were in the garden, they were in the direct presence of God. As a matter of fact, come on, the scripture says, oh my God, the scripture said God walked. <laughs> come on now, get Genesis 3 and 8. This is what the scripture said. It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. <laughs> They heard the presence of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So when I'm in the presence of the Lord. When I'm in the presence of the Lord, I'm going to be whatever it was that was on me, whatever it was that was confusing me, whatever that was that had me wrapped up, whatever that was, whatever it was, when I am truly in his presence, come on now, then what's going to happen is, I'm going to be like Moses was. Come on now. I'm going to be like Moses was. And what's going to begin to happen when Moses came down after 40 days, baby. You might need 40 days in his presence. After Moses came down on the mountain in Exodus 3, when he comes down on the mountain, he descends from the mountain. The people of God say, the, the glory is so impactful. The people of God said, Moses, I need you to, I need to, I need you to hide your face. Like we're not going to be able to be around him and he look, he radiates God. See, remember when, 
when God, when Moses was like, show me your glory, and God was like, I'll show you, but you can't handle looking at me directly. When you when you in his presence, you're not going to be able to handle that. that. That's why I said it's deeper than we allow ourselves to go. When we in his presence, baby, you're not getting ready to be able to just handle that. When you in his presence, you're going to be knocked out. When you in his presence, you're going to be breathless. When you in his when you in his presence, you're not gonna even you're not gonna be able to cut that on and off. You're not gonna be able to be in his presence and then all of a sudden you you just cut that off. The 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 presence of God will take your breath. The 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 presence of God will steal your time. The the presence the presence of God will change. So Moses when he came back down, he came back down out the mountain. He came back down. He looked different. <laughs> He was being transformed into the image of his father. You cannot seek be a rewarder of him. And you, can, you cannot diligently seek him and not transform. Oh, you cannot diligently seek him and not show up different. You cannot di diligently seek him and not become God. Perhaps some of the problem is we ain't been diligently seeking him. Come on, y'all. You gotta see this. So when we are in a situation and saying, he's like, you, we're from the we're in the image of God. I possess it, this is not a possession. This is who I am. This is maintained by the creator. The only way I stay in this image is that it's maintained by the creator. The only way that I stay in this image is that it's maintained by the creator. It's not maintained by me. This is not something I possess. This is something I am. Oh my God. So let me tell you this. Sin, oh, come on now. Sin didn't, Holy Spirit, thank you for this. So let me help you because I'm going to free you today so that you can push back into God's presence. Sin doesn't destroy or remove the image of God from your life. That's not what sin does. That's not what your mistakes do. I want you to walk in the freedom of, uh, to understand who you are. It disfigures it. So like Adam and Eve, come on, Holy Spirit. So like Adam and Eve in the garden, because sin, sin will disfigure it. And what I mean, woo, I feel an abundant supply of grace coming to somebody this morning. I feel abundant supply of grace. Somebody has needed abundant supply of grace to return to the creator. I feel the abundant supply of grace coming to you this morning so you can get back up. You can get back on and you can get back in position. I feel an abundant supply of grace. So then I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer. See, see, sin, this is the, the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> see, you got to roll with me this morning. You got to roll with me this morning. See, that's why the accuser, the accuser of the brethren, right? There's the one, the one, he the one, right? The accuser of the brethren. He's the one that keeps accusing you. He's the one that keeps making you and marking your mistakes. He's the one walking in condemnation. Romans tells us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. The, the accuser of the brethren does not want you, your, your deity, your image deal, and for you to understand that you already possess the image of God. And even though you sinned and even though you've made some mistakes, that does, does, does not distort, that, that does not remove you from being the image of God. You've just been disfigured. You've been distorted. Sin distorts the image of God. <laughs> sin distorts the image of God. So once I've been in sin or been wherever I was, it just disfigures me. It distorts the image of God. Come on now. Oh my God. James 3 and 9. Are we not made in the likeness of God? Oh, come on now. James 3 and 9. Are we not made in the like? I'm made in the likeness of God. So sin distorts that, right? It disfigures that. And then, like Adam and Eve in the garden, we clothe ourselves in things. Oh, that's why. That's what. That's why the Holy Spirit visited us this morning. We close, because we got to understand what's of God in our life and what's not of God. What's, what's of, so, so then like, like Adam and Eve, we, not, not God, we begin to close ourselves in things. That's the disfigurement. Oh my God. That, that's the disfigurement. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. We begin to close ourselves in things. We attach things to us. We say it's our personality. We say it's the, we, what we made up. But it's not. 
It's not. If it's not in the image of God, it's not God. It's not God. It's the world. It's the culture. So sin distorts or disfigures the image of God, right? So I'm not fully like God as I was before. So guess what? I need Jesus. So I need Jesus. So I need Jesus, right? So I need Jesus because these things were lost in sin. I need Jesus. I need the power of Jesus, my God, to redeem me. And because God so thought so highly of me, he sent Jesus so I can be redeemed. Colossians 3 and 10 tells us I'm after I'm re when I'm being renewed in the knowledge of the creator. My God, I got to be renewed in the knowledge of the creator. That's how I'm going to transform from glory to glory and glory to grace. I got to be renewed in the knowledge of the creator. I can't afford to be renewed in anything else. I got to be renewed in the knowledge of my creator. This, I got to I got to be renewed in the knowledge. Not nothing. That's why that's why I, this the, the devil will always have you scrambling to add something else to you, to be in different circles, to be uh, to be he will always have you scrambling thinking it's something external that adds to the value of who you are, but you need to be transformed in the image of your creator. You got to go from one glory to another. That's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me read this over you and then we're going to get out of here. I can't give you all of this in one time. Remember, we've been still talking about being marked for his glory, but I'm going to end on this note. I know I have more and more revelation of why Paul prayed this way. Now, I get it now, God. I get why Paul talked to them. See, the purpose of Paul's ministry was to come in. Like after Jesus dies, Paul comes in and reminds you of everything that you are like God. Like Paul comes in and reminds you of everything that you are like God. Oh, come on now, Holy Spirit. Oh my God, I thank you, Lord God, for your word today. That's what Paul does, right? So once I have Jesus, Jesus redeemed. And then Paul gives me all the information that I need to teach me how to work, right? And not work, how to spiritually ascend more into the image of Christ. Come on now. Oh my God, my God. Come on now. Let me read this. So Ephesians 1, 7 and 10, this is the message part of the Bible. It says, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people. Jesus does not make you bound. Jesus does not make you bound. Jesus does not make you bound. Jesus is getting ready to transform you back into your God-like image. I've got to have more of Jesus, right? And then 14, John 14 and 26 he reminds us after he leaves that on this earth, the Holy Spirit's assignment is bring, to bring us back in the remembrance of who he's supposed to be. So because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, <laughs> free of penalties, free of punishments, chopped up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free. That's what the words say. And not just barely free either. We are abundantly free. He thought of everything. God thought of everything when he created you. God thought of everything when he gave Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to die for the penalties of our sin. God thought of everything. He says because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. Come on now. We're a free people, free of penalties, free of punishments, chopped up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. This is not information you don't have. This is just information that you got to wake up in the spirit. He says, he says, he set it all out before us in Christ. He had a long range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in the deepest heaven, everything on the planet and earth, it is in Christ. My God, it is in Christ. It is in Christ. I'm going to put emphasis on this. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. 
The more time you spend seeking the Father, the more that's going to be revealed to you about who you are and your purpose. What? I don't know. I don't know what I'm created to do. You know? No. <laughs> you do know. It's inside of you. You just got to spend more time seeking God. You got to spend more time seeking his face. You got to spend more time in his presence. When you spend more time in his presence, the glory of God, the mystery of God. Oh, my God. Can I I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to help you with this. It says, in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for his glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. I don't work it out. That's why I don't do it. I don't do God. I don't do God. I just walk in the fullness of who I'm supposed to be by spending time and understanding the nature of God, being relationship in God. Once I've accepted Christ Jesus, he says, he says, he had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed the message of your salvation, you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. Ooh, my God. Signed, sealed, and delivered to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. You ain't come to Jesus on your own. You thought you came to Jesus on your own. The Holy Spirit led you to Jesus. Come on now. Sign, seal, and deliver. That's why the Holy Spirit is so relevant and powerful. We be trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't ever have to do the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is work as a sign to do the work Himself. Woo! So I'm signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. Come on, 15 through the 19 verse. This is why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus. This is Paul now speaking to Ephesus. He says, this is why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus. And our, our, your outpouring love to all the followers of Jesus. I could not stop thanking God for you. Every time I pray, I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than think, I think and give thanks. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Say that I've got to become intelligent and discerning of knowing him personally. He says, your eyes focused and clear. Remember, we talked about, Lord, dilate my eyes. Your eyes Focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. It's not no mystery to what God is calling you to do. It's not no mystery to what God is calling you to do. It's not. I promise you, the devil will confuse you to make, can I give you an example? The devil will confuse you to make you think it's a mystery and what he calls you to do because you'll test out something and you'll try something and then there, you won't feel the fulfillment behind it, right? You're like, oh, maybe this isn't what God called or you tried a business and it's not working right now or just different things that we've been attached to that we've been trying to use as the definition of who we are. And then when those things don't work, we think God is not working in our life. No. You just need your eyes open. You need to know him more personally. You need to be discerning more of who. Your eyes need to be focused and clear so that you can, you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. That you can grasp the immensity of his glorious ways of his life he has for his followers. The utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. An endless, boundless energy and strength. When you understand, when your eyes are open, you're going to have clarity, you're going to have strength, you're going to have provision, you're going to walk in power. 20 to the 23rd verse, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from Jesus Christ's rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything, at the center of it all. Christ 
rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he feels everything with his presence. That is why it is so important, come on, y'all, for us to understand our identity in Christ, because we're the church. <laughs> You're the church. You're the church God is looking for, not the building. He is not, when, when they checked, when they was asking Jesus, when the woman at the well was uh, talking to Jesus and she was trying to ask him about what was the proper place to worship, he said, <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase it. God can't be held in no building of man. Like God is in you. That's what he was telling her. God can't be held in no building of man. God is in you. You're the church. So when the church is out of whack, why is the church out of whack? So when the church is out of whack, or the church is off skew, or the church, church is off center, right? Or we got all these thousand different denominations, right? And cultural things. Those, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. But those things are trying to squeeze out the church. The church in you. The God in you. You're the church. You're the temple. I'm the representation of God here on earth. So if I'm disfigured, then I misrepresent God. Lord, forgive me for misrepresenting you. That's why I am so big on people spit when you cannot just be honest when you come out of a divorce um when you've been in a crisis um if you've been in a constant state of crisis this is why i'm so big on people taking time to get healed because those things disfigure you when you've been in a medical crisis well our norm when we are in crisis is doing right well if I don't spend time healing emotionally, mentally, physically, and all these other things, then I'll cover myself in things, right? But it's still a disfigurement. Then when someone who has no knowledge of Jesus Christ meets me, the representation of the church, right? They may get a disfigured me. Well, the disfigured me will be real misleading. The disfigured me will be real misleading. Woo! And then what we do in our human nature is we say, well, this is just the human side of me. But the disfigured me the disfigured me may be leading people and be a false representation of the church. We, if it's problems in the church, we the church. We the church. Jesus said, Jesus said, I, I, Jesus can't, he, he told me, he said, can be held. Can, this can't be held. This can't be held in a building made by man we keep trying to hold god in a building made by man this can't be held in a building made by man. he do, he lives and dwells in us we the church that's why when we when god has been um when god has been dealing with us about ourselves that's what everything we put out everything we text everything we say everything we share everything we do is a representation of kingdom That's why sometimes I just don't even want to do nothing. If my mood is off, let me tell you about a post I said, and then we're going to wrap up and get out of here. Um, one of uh, Recently, I made a post on my page, and I said I preach. And that really was a bold statement. Like, that was really a bold statement for me. And the reason that it was such a bold statement for me was because God was really pulling me into the fullness and the awareness of really what he called me to do. Like, um, I, and I know I need to share this. Like, Magnolia set off something in me. Like, it set something off. And it was actually two things that were happened before Magnolia. But God was, like, I could not cover it up. And before, before, 
I'm like, okay, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a life coach. I'm a purpose coach. And I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all of those things. But at the end of the day, he called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. Like, period. And when I left out of preaching at Magnolia, and after the weekend, and I was praying, I said, you called me to preach. Like, this is what you called me to do, to preach and teach the world, to preach and teach the gospel, to preach and teach the gospel throughout the world. Because putting things on, right? Because the world, the, the world will call us to put things on. However the form I preach, and as an evangelist, as if he ever calls me um, to be a pastor, like however he calls me to do this, and however, at the end of the day, you call me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. And my eyes, the eyes of my understanding were opened and awakened that at the end of the day, this is what I called you to do. I called you to preach to Jesus Christ. That was so freeing. So I don't have to fluff it up. And it's so funny, I was at the boys' school, and Judah's friends was like, Miss Lakeisha, you a preacher? <laughs> I said, yeah. Oh, my God, it makes sense now. So if I say motivational speaker, if I say all these other things, when I said I'm a preacher, the kids was like, it makes sense now. <laughs> it ain't got to be colored up to make people comfortable. It ain't got to be. But when the eyes of our understanding are not open, We'll try to fluff it up to make people comfortable with it. We'll try to fluff it up to make ourselves comfortable with it. <laughs> when this is what God has called to do. So as soon as my eyes were open after Magnolia, see Magnolia was for me too. Then my post I made, <laughs> you a preacher. <laughs> Period. Ain't no other nothing else. I'm a preacher. I preach. That's what I was called to do. However he uses my gifts and talents, that's different. But at the end of the day, I'm called to preach. Let's go, right? That's what happens when your eyes are open. Because at first I was clothing other things, trying to find, no, you call to preach. I'm preaching. I call to preach. I, yep, I preach. <laughs> I preach. This is what I do. I'm a preacher. Ain't no, I'm a preacher. I preach. That's what I'm called to do, right? That's what happens when your eyes are open. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for transforming us from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Few things. One, feed the streets tomorrow. If you want to be a part, we'll be back in Pine Bluff. Boxes are already set up. I was down in Pine Bluff yesterday. We're going to be putting turkeys in the box, uh, cornmeal, cakes, all this other stuff. Like all this, all this other stuff. We're going to be putting this stuff in the box. Um, tomorrow, so I'm excited. We're going to serve Pine Bluff. Whoever needs a box. So if you know somebody that needs a box, when I dropped the flyer today, whether you live in Pine Bluff, you may know somebody connected to Pine Bluff. God put it on my heart for us to serve this area. Um, and we'll probably bring some things back into Little Rock as well. I know us. That's what we always do. Um, last month, we passed out a thousand bags between Little Rock and Pine Bluff. This month, we're giving out boxes and turkeys and food. So do me a favor. Share the flyer. If you know somebody that needs a turkey and needs all the sides and the fixings, let them come see us. Or let them DM me. I'll bring them a box. Or Joe will bring them a box. So we got Feed the Streets this Saturday. Don't forget to get registered for Pillow Talk. Um, we got some new people coming to Pillow Talk. I'm so excited about Pillow Talk. Um, what else? Is that it? Don't forget Monday's replay. Don't forget Tuesday night. We're back at Tuesday night on Bible study. And we got a new time. We're 7.30 on Tuesday nights. 7.30 to 8.30. So it gives you time to get in, get calm, get rested. 7.30. I know my, my outer town people, my New York people, that's a little late for y'all. I'm sorry. But 7.30, I love you. God loves you. Um, one, if the Lord places it on your heart to give, go to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com, and you can give there. Or you can cash app us, dollar sign, L-M-J-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. You can cash app us, Kirby, 7890 Middle Warren Road. We're going to post the flyer today, 7890 7890 Middle Warren Road. So um, we are... Um, I'm just ready to see the power of God. I can't bring one to Cleveland. I can't bring one to Cleveland. You, if I could, I would. I don't push me. Don't test it. If I could, I would. Um, 
So we pray and thank you for resources and clean them. So that's the first thing. Um, you, can get, you can give as well. Dollar sign, L-M-J-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. Second thing is if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to do that today. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm asking you to come into my heart and to take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, send us an email, info at justbeinglmj.com. Lmj.com. Um, if you need anything, give us a call. Yeah, come on, definitely put a road trip. I'm all for a road trip. I'll do it. It's my heart's desire to do a nationwide road trip. So we'll do, we're going to do some nationwide feed the streets. Don't worry. It's coming, baby. I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you so much more. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Let somebody else experience the love of God through you because that's what, God, that's what love is. That's what love, hey champ, that's what, my assistant slept in this morning. He needed to sleep in this morning. Hey champ. Oh, so good, uh, so good morning. Um, I love you. God loves you. Um, let God be glorified in everything you do. Lord, bless the giving of your people. Oh, oh, one more other thing. One, one, we got like a few things. I got to, can I get out this testimony and then I got to get out of here. Um, it's just. Sharing the word of God works. This is how I need to say this. Sharing the word of God works. There are people that you would never think are watching, watching. So continue to share the word of God. That's the, that's the first thing. Second, thank you for your continued giving. We were able to help purchase, I think it was 20, 25 sleeping bags also for the homeless people. Like we did that this month. Um, providing some support to a single mom. We did that this month. Um, there are some things that I just forget to tell you. I think it was 20 or 25. One of my friends had an initiative, a project, um, where she takes sleeping bags to the homeless in the winter. And so we were able to purchase, I think, maybe 20, 25 sleeping bags to, um, to give so that they can be given to the homeless. So that's you. You get, when you partner with this minister and whatever, that's to your credit. My God, that's God's faithfulness. No, we haven't did our confession yet. We're about to do our confession. All right, let's do our confession and let's get out of here. In the name of Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God. Therefore, I am entitled to covenant kindness and covenant favor. The favor of God is among the righteous. The favor of God surrounds the righteous. Therefore, it surrounds me every where I go and everything I do. I expect, don't start that, Teresa talking about Atlanta is right ready. Woo! Um, I go and everything I do, I expect the favor of God to be in full manifestation in my life. Never again will I be without the favor of God. It rests richly upon me. It profusely abounds in me. I'm a part of the generation that is experiencing God's favor immeasurably, limitlessly, and surpassingly. Therefore, favor produces supernatural increase, promotion, restoration, honor, increased assets, greater victories, recognition, prominence, preferential treatment, petitions granted, policies and rules changed, and battles won in which I do not have to fight. New York, New York may be seeing me sooner than you know, um, sooner than you know. Um, the favor of God is on me and goes before me. Therefore, my life will never be the same. This is the time of God's favor in my life. That is the favor of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You are entitled to God's covenant kindness. I love you. Have the best weekend ever. Have the best weekend ever. My God, the Maryland is close to New York. Have the best weekend ever. And I'll see you guys next week. Love, Woo! peace, and blessing. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. In thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to Lakeisha M. Johnson dot com today.